Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett, publisher and executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, um, where you will find wonderful articles on TV, movies, books, music, culture in general, and uh, a wonderful archive of almost 200,000 articles dating all the way back to the year 2002. We're joined tonight by Christine Piccolo. Hi, Chrissy. Chrissy? Uh-oh. Are you there, Chrissy? Chrissy, are you there? Chrissy, are you there? Chrissy, are you there? Hello? Uh-oh. I can't hear Chrissy. Hmm. Well, she just dropped out, and hopefully she'll come back on, and I will be able to hear her, and we will continue our conversation. But we will be joined this evening by Chrissy. Ah, here she is. Okay, let's see if that works. Oh. Chrissy, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Are you there? <gasps> yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I don't. Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what happened. It was weird. I could hear you, but you can't. You couldn't hear me. <laughs> How weird was that? Okay. I well, we're know. all good now. And welcome to the show. Jimmy has this Jimmy has this Mardi Gras thing, this Fat Tuesday thing going on today. So by the way, happy happy Mardi Gras everyone. Yeah. Today it is Fat Tuesday. Margaritas. Margaritas, right. (laughs) Uh, Man, I wish I was in Key West. I went to Key West once for uh, Fat Tuesday. It was a crazy, crazy night, that's all I will say. Well, that's cool. I don't yeah. think I've ever been anywhere for Mardi Gras. I mean, other than mm. Chicago, which we don't really do Mardi Gras. So, right. I mean, we don't. We do, but we don't do it. I mean, like bars and stuff. And but right. Anyway, this is like a big week. It was Valentine's Day Saturday, and it was President's yeah. Day yesterday, and today is Mardi Gras, and it's all kind of kind of cool. All kind and, of, uh, together too. <laughs> I know it really does, and it's so cold here. It's like, oh man, it's oh so God, freaking it's like, cold. It was sixty-one in Seattle today. Oh, Four shut days. up! Oh, I, just I, shut up! <laughs> just like, just I shut up! <laughs> it is, it is a whole whopping fourteen degrees here, if that. Oh my God! Well, yeah, but you know, I'm supposed to go to. I'm going to New York for the Sleepy Hollow finale thing, and it's like freaking twenty degrees over there. So I'm gonna Aww. get, you know, payback. And right? it's snowing. And snowing. It's also yeah. snowing, right? Exactly. Exactly. So. Ha ha ha! And it's gonna get really. It's gonna get really cold here like, tomorrow night. I think oh, it's gonna God. be like ten below. Well, I don't know how you do it. I could. I. I just like it's so. I can't handle being cold. I'm like one of those people where like my feet never get warm once I'm cold. It's just you know one of those things. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's like ridiculous. Well, I, well you I know have this an announcement. Yes. It's 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 a very cool announcement. Okay. Um, you know we've been. I've been doing the Sleepy Hollow petition to for the renewal of Sleepy Hollow for season three. And yeah. we exceeded, we exceeded the goal of 1,000. We're at 1,367, <coughs> and I'm leaving it up for another week. Um, so wow. I'm really excited about that because I was afraid nobody would, you know, I didn't know who was going to be, you know, who's going to represent, you know. So anyway, so I'm yeah, really yeah. excited about that. Yay. So that's good. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank wonderful. you. Wonderful. I'm very and the episode was awesome last night. I just, I Good. cannot say enough. It, it, it was the best one this season because Katrina went dark side. So if anybody out there is, hasn't been watching Sleepy Hollow, you need to watch last night's episode because it was awesome. And, um, yeah, except for, yeah, we, we lost somebody. One of the characters died. I'm not going to tell you who. Uh, and uh, it, it, they left it. Oh, my God. They did such a, a fabulous thing at the end where they, they basically, Abby, I'll just say this, Abby uh, ends up in 1781, but they, what they did was is they, they sort of mimicked the pilot episode when Ichabod Crane comes out of the woods. They did that with her in 1781, and they did this awesome music. It was fantastic. 
Anyway, nice. so we'll watch it, everybody. <laughs> nice. The ratings went up, too, so I'm happy. Good. Good, good. And I have to say, I'm getting, like, more excited about Black Sails. Um, watch oh. Black Sails and... Um, um and um sorry I just got an email from my agent. I like I always open oh. those. <laughs> an email from my agent it's always like the first thing. It's like oh sorry excuse me I have to open this is for my agent. Um anyway Black Sails on Saturday nights on Stars is without a doubt my one of my favorite shows of um the year. Um last year I loved it I love it even more this year um and at the end of the episode my friend um sean michael um popped yeah. in he plays richard guthrie the governor oh, of cool. of uh the the colony and i was wondering when he was going to pop up he's kind of a, a sort of a bad guy um mm. but sean cameron sean cameron michael who is uh who's sort of my buddy he's he's we sometimes, you know, chit-chat a little bit on Twitter, and I interviewed him last year. He's a great South African actor. Um, was in the 24 movie with Robert Carlyle, that one, 24, Redemption. Oh, oh, yeah, Redemption. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah he was. He, he played was the U.N. That. guy. He played the U.N. guy. Yeah, kind of he was yeah, yeah, he was. He, he and was a jerk in that too. <laughs> he was, yeah, wasn't he? So anyway, but but I'm so I'm just the 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 show has gotten like every week gets better and better and better, and it's like I always like looking at the clock and look like oh my god I can't believe it's almost over. Oh, Don't no. you hate that? I hate when stuff like goes so fast. And you're like, wait a minute, the hour's gone. What happened? Well, you know what I'm really loving? What I'm really loving about Black Sails is, first of all, I think it's really cool the way they integrate fictional characters from Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island Mm -hmm. with actual real historical characters out of of that period of history. So Jack Mm -hmm. Rackham is a real person, and um, a lot of those guys are are real. So... um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool the way that works. And but the other thing that um, I'm loving this year is that we're getting to know more and more about how Flint became a pirate. Because when he starts out, he's this like very polished, pretty conservative British naval officer. And uh, he's got a very close friend who's the son of an earl and very high up in the peerage and um and his his uh, the wife of the earl falls in love with the, he uh flint falls in love with the wife of the earl and they have this affair and it's mm-hmm. but um it's really it's really really good it's um i think we're going to find out by the end of the season um exactly how uh flint became um a pirate because he's so far from that um, when, you know, he first comes into view um, in in the series and these flashbacks and flashbacks are great. Um, So that's really cool. And the music, I was really getting into the music and I was like, oh, what's this music? And turns out the music, um, the soundtrack for the show is by Bear McCreary, who also does the music for The Walking Dead. And lots of other mm. things too, but he's a great composer. So I would love to sit down and interview him. He uses like hurdy gurdy as the back is the music for the theme. It's it's kind of cool. So I'd like to really wow. interview there. So I'm going to see if I can get a hold of him through his website because I just love. I'm like I'm a total soundtrack person because I'm a musician. So I really like yeah. that. But I really I'm loving it. I'm totally loving it. And John Oliver's show. Um, uh, Last week tonight, it's called, is um, is renewed for third season, and it's back on the air for this season. And did you watch the Saturday Night Live tribute? You know what? I haven't seen it yet. <gasps> I de- I know it's on my DVR, and I've been like all sleepy hollow for the last like two nights, two days straight. Three. I know. I haven't. It seen was it yet. so 
You know, I, I, it was so good. And I actually, I recorded The Walking Dead because um, I figured, well, I'll watch Walking Dead and I'll still get the article out before I go to sleep. But I got too tired and I didn't get my article done until the next morning. But um, the the Saturday Night Live thing was great. You know what was the most fun about it? it was being on what? Facebook. It was being on Facebook. And, like, all the people, all my friends, everybody I know was on my personal Facebook, not on my official Facebook or the uh-huh. blog Facebook. But being on Facebook and just sort of talking to people. So, oh, that was so good. Or, oh, that wasn't so good. Or, oh, wow, doesn't what such and they- so look good. Or doesn't such and so sound they- terrible. <laughs> Did they show clips? Like, which clips did they, did they show? I mean, they had to have, obviously. They, they did. Yeah, show. no, they showed a lot of clips. Uh, um, there was uh, a lot of live stuff. Um, good. It was great. It was wonderful seeing, like, you know, um, Steve Martin do his King Tut, but, like, oh, live yeah. now, oh, all these God. years later. They did a lot of tributing, you know, to Blues Brothers and Gilda Radner, yeah. and, and they ended with Wayne's oh, World, a live, live oh Wayne's God, World. So it, I, I loved that movie, by the way. It was so ridiculously stupid it was so that I absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it was, was really so funny. good. Oh, so, like yeah. My, so, I loved it. I really, really liked the show. Um, and then I watched The Walking Dead, and boy, wow. Yeah, wasn't it? Did you think it was good, wasn't it? I was like, so I so I read a lot of criticism about it. Like, oh, it was so dreary, and everyone was sort of dragged out and depressed. And you know what I thought? And I really liked it. I thought that the Mm. pacing of the episode intentionally mimicked the way the characters felt. They had no food. They had no water. They were exhausted. I mean, even right. to the point where the zombie the zombie horde was following them, and they didn't right. turn around to fight them. They were like, we don't have the energy. We don't the have the strength for it, right. to do this. And um, and it was it was really great. And I love that it, it actually let us take this breath because the season, uh, the, the mid-season finale was like, <gasps> was so heart-stopping. And last week's episode was so strange and, again, ended in such tragedy that, you know what, it was nice to actually pause for a minute and let us be with the characters who are all grieving. And you have, you know, um, you have Sasha grieving for Tyrese. You have Maggie, um, Noah, and Daryl all grieving for Beth. Um, Right. You know, and and everyone is, and of course, Glenn is trying to support Maggie, and and everyone, you know, and Carol's trying to support Daryl, and um, it, it was Daryl is like, too. I really felt like they did a good job in the. It was sort of like contrast in that, you know, the storm, like when the storm came up, it was it it had sort of that. There was a lot of symbolism in the show. Yes. You know, yeah, it was full of metaphors, you know, lots of metaphors. Yeah, and and I loved when the storm came up, and then you know they took they took cover at the barn, and then it was like you know all the zombies trying to come in, and then putting pushing a back, pushing them back. It was sort of like, hey, you know, we're gonna survive. You know, it was like right. no matter what, no matter what they've had to endure. They always push back, and they always come, you know, they always survive. And I well, love, I absolutely, I loved Rick's little talk that he speech. did. Um, we are the, the Walking Dead. Right. Yes. We are the Walking and Dead. I love that. It was fantastic. I mean, in, and I think it inspired, I think it kind of made everybody, and I liked how he, which was very interesting, you know, he never really talks about himself. You know, and, and I love that he shared a story about, you know, his grandfather. You know, we really haven't learned a, a whole lot about his background or anything. No. Because he's just sort of in charge of everything. So I thought it was a great moment. And I think it also unified the the, the team, you know, the, the group a little bit more. Uh, well, I think it, it got them. I, I, I think it got them thinking, and it especially yeah. got Daryl thinking. And I think that the um, the thing with the, you know, with the, you have all these little islands, right? 
is is this right. episode begins, right? Everyone's sort of in their own zone. You know, Daryl's, I want to be alone. Sasha wants to be alone. Everyone wants to be alone. And nobody right. wants anybody. And um, it's, and, and then the symbolism of the barn, you know, with Daryl trying to hold, hold it together, literally, like right. hold it together alone. I mean, that alone, because he's trying to hold it together and he's failing. Um, and I think, by the way, that little scene where he's sitting at the tree and he just breaks down into tears isn't the last of that. Right. Um, because I think he's falling apart. And yes, But I think this idea that he's trying to hold it together by himself mm. and then he's right. joined by Sasha, another one who's trying to hold it together by herself. Right. And they're pushing against the zombies and then Maggie, you know, and, right. and and then everybody comes and they really, it kind of reflects back to what Glenn had said, which was they, they only, they can survive, but only together. Correct. Right. You know, exactly. the only and way they could do it. Yeah. I so I really thought, thought that was. Know, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I also thought that. Um, you know, after Carol sort of, you know, kisses him on the forehead and everything, and then he goes off, and then he breaks down. And I kind of think it sort of, in a way, allowed him, like like Carol sort of was like, you need to deal with this, you know, so he let go a little bit, I felt. I felt like, you know, she yeah. gave him permission to do that to a certain extent. Well, um, the other thing, know, too, was, was different. He was actually, he didn't push her away. I mean, she touched him on the forehead, and then she kissed him. And right. he didn't flinch. He didn't flinch. Right. And he allowed her to do that. But then it tr- interested, Then they went back. And interestingly enough, he wanted to go off by himself again. And Carol wanted to come with him. She's afraid for him. Um, and he's like, no, you're not. Because I don't think he wanted to feel what she made him feel that pain. Right. But interestingly right. enough, um, he burned himself. You know, that with the cigarette. Right. I thought that was right. really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean a lot of it's sort of like, you know, cutting, right? You know, yeah. can you feel can, can he feel? Is he yeah. is he even capable of feeling anymore? And, you know, though, I think it was sort of self-deprecating in a sense of, yes, I mean, it, the whole feeling thing, but I think he's also obviously blaming himself for, you know, the right. of, you know, because right. he was obviously got this taken when, he, when they were together. Right, and so right. I think it's like a twofold meaning to that, yeah. Right, right. So when he burns himself, a great part of that, I think, is he's punishing himself. He's he's wearing that hair shirt that, that Gabriel was talking about, right? That's sort of right. he's burning himself. He's he's hurting himself. And, you know, he's punishing himself because he believes he deserves it. And that right. goes back, right, to his childhood where, you know, he was probably made to believe that he deserved any punishment that he got, you know, any abuse that he got, that he deserved right. it. And, you know, so, so there's two ways to read that. Um, but I thought that was a really kind of chilling moment for Daryl. And yeah, then he just sort definitely. of just, just, then he just sort of melts. And I just thought exactly. that, that was really good. I thought Norman Reedus did a really excellent job of, uh, that slow meltdown. Um, I thought that yeah. was done really well. Um, and then of course we have Maggie who, you know, explains to everyone, including the audience, <laughs> why she never mentioned Beth for half a season. And, you right. know, she thought she was gone. You know, she didn't know. Yeah. She, You know, how would she have known? And here she lost her father, and she thought she lost Herschel and Beth, and then had hope, you know, when Daryl came right. back and said, you know, she's alive. And, and then she had to lose her all over again. So right. I think, and Maggie, who's really optimistic, she's cynical, but she's optimistic. Um, when she's lost that, um, I think that's a really um, kind of a, excuse me, 
I had to sneeze. Lucky <laughs> my child. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Um, and, you know, that's really telling because she's so, you know, she's so resilient um, and so right. strong. And she's beaten down. And Daryl, who's so strong, although he's more fragile than he lets on, he's very yeah. strong, very strong, very resilient. He, too, is beaten down. And Sasha right. is strong. She's always of Tyrese and Sasha. She's always been yeah, sort of like... the stronger one. Yeah. Um, the tougher one. I don't know about the stronger one, but definitely the yeah. tougher one. Um, and... Well, you know. Well, I did think she, you know, I liked, uh, what was it, a, few, a couple, it was a couple of episodes ago when, you know, Tyrese is trying to talk to her about, you know, leaving Bob and, and you know, because he could see, the thing is with, with Sasha is that, you know, she's, her anger is festering, you know, it's just yeah. bubbling up to the surface and she doesn't, and she even said to him, you know, hey, you know, I, that's not me, I, I can't just, you know, move on from this whole thing. You know, right. Tyrese is more like, well, you know, listen, that's the card we're dealt. We need to deal with it and move on. And she's, like, not accepting that. And then to have Tyrese die on top of it, right? Think, you know, between her and Daryl, I just think the two of them are ready to just explode it at any moment, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I think so. Um, and I so I want to talk about um, – there's so many things I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, I want to talk about the music box. Oh yeah, that was a. So, I loved that that yeah. little aspect that they added in that. So so Carl finds that right, and he gives it to Maggie. Uh huh. Right, but it's broken. Right. You know, the little ballerina reminds her of Bath, and right. probably and um, but it's broken, appropriately so, and then. You know, Daryl, who probably isn't sleeping very much, um, fixes it, but it's still broken. <laughs> so, right. You know. Well, like, it's so. broken. But then. That, last, that crazy guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I about this guy. So what about him? What is this guy? So is he I the guy? That, do, you think he, do you think he's the guy that left the water? That's what I'm thinking. I mean, it's just so bizarre. First of all, he comes out, he's looking like he's, you know, just been to Eddie Bauer and been shopping. Uh, you know, he's not dirty. He's not, you know. He, I know. He, he looked like he just walked out of an REI. <laughs> oh, totally. And so it's, it's just kind of bizarre. And, you know, and then he knows who Rick is. I mean, to ask yeah. him by name, that was really interesting. I'm like, hey, how would he know that? I know. Right. And then I'm worried, though, because what if he's like one of the cannibal rejects? I mean, you know, that kind of maybe somehow escaped from from that whole mess, and well, I, I don't know. But then, but then the but then the preview is like they're basically getting led into a trap. So I'm like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. It's kind of I weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird. Um, so I don't know. But but the the interesting thing is, they were so. I've been doing, you know, like the whole big thing with gratitude, you know, it's like everyone's got to have gratitude all all the time. Right. The things that you take for granted, right? So right. it's interesting. Um, they had these moments during the episode where, you know, like they were they were dying of thirst and then they have this storm, right? And they actually, yeah. they get water. They get, or before that, I'm going to back up. The pack of dogs. Now that was like they, I saw the pack of dogs, and I was like, "Oh my God, are they going to attack the, the survivors?" And it was like, "Oh, they're going to kill them. They need to eat." So they're eating the dogs, which is kind of right. us, kind yeah, of gross. Like, but okay. know. you know, when you get to eating, digging up worms out of the ground, <laughs> it's like dog oh is God. not such a bad thing if you're starving. So, and they're going to kill you anyway right? if they attack. So, you know, so, so the, they get food, they get water from the storm. So, you know, they get the food, but the, the bad side of that, the consequences of that, the consequence of that is they have to kill these dogs, which right. who wants to kill dogs, right? They have, right. This, they have water, but the consequence of that is 
they have a tornado. Right. And the storm, which pushed them to the barn, which was unoccupied by except that one zombie that was dying. Yeah, so they have it's like really weird. I yeah, thought. yeah. That's it's this. But a helpless, you know, a helpless zombie. Else. And I wonder if that kind of shows that even the zombies are dying. Right. That's true. There are fewer I mean, people for them to eat. Right. There are fewer people for them to eat. And they're dying just like the people are dying. And everyone's sort of dying. Um, right. You know, they're converging. They're getting to be more like the, the zombies. I mean, they're almost indistinguishable, the way that they're kind of, the Yiddish word is schlepping along. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of, you know, barely, I mean, I the thing that, that got me was, you know, Rick had this plan to get the, you know, to get the zombie pack, uh, you know, into the ditch. And, you know, it was very low-key. They don't have the energy for it. And then freaking Sasha is like... Right, comes um, out like Rambo. Rambo. And so they had to spend whatever what little energy that they had on, the, you know, taking care of the whole situation. And then she almost she almost stabs Michonne, which I was like, holy shit. Right, well, she cut Abraham. She slashed yeah. Abraham. Yeah, she did. And then Abraham somehow... With the with the liquor, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's I like, like okay, okay, what the hell, right? I'm just gonna get soft, and he's just drinking the right. bourbon. Right. So and then the other yeah, they're all like, what about the baby though? What are they feeding the baby? The baby? I have running? no idea. I have no I'm idea. Thinking about that the whole time, I'm like, what about the baby? Like, how is the how is the, is the baby? You know, they don't. How she's do chubby. Know? I mean, how come yeah, she's not skin and bones? Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was wondering. Really, that's kind of odd. But um, but yeah. But the babies. But see, that's another of these little miracle-y things. You know that that, that this huge storm just devours all the trees and the zombies, but all the trees without touching the barn. And that actually happens. That that does happen where a tornado can basically hit everything in the neighborhood and just miss this one house. Yeah. Which is so weird that that happened. It kind of of jumps it or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then they have this, the storm is passing off to the east and they have this amazing sunrise, which is this, you know, um, moment. And I remember back when, uh, back in season two, um, Herschel takes uh, Rick out into the pasture mm-hmm. and says, you just look at this, look at this, you know, sometimes you have to just stop right. and pause and just look at that. And I think that's what Maggie was doing with Sasha. Yeah. In that I moment. That, and I, I, I loved, I loved that whole little, that whole little moment because I think it kind of gave Sasha more hope. I feel like she yeah. more than Maggie it's just kind of just out of, I mean, you know, she lost Bob, she lost Tyrese, and um, I'm wondering, what was the deal with freaking Father Gabriel? Oh, my God. You know, questioning, he, he's the only one that's, like, dressed, <laughs> dressed with his collar all the way up, you know, in that heat of that sun, and, and then he sort of was kind of hitting on, I thought it felt like anyway. A lot of people on Twitter were like, "What is he trying to get some of that?" You know, trying to hit on Maggie. And then, uh, uh, and then at one point, he takes the collar off and burns it because he's losing so, hope. So right. I think I think a lot of that. And he explains it. I mean, he's feeling he he wants absolution. I yeah. think that's what he's seeking. I think he's seeking absolution um, yeah. for some modicum of forgiveness and. Right he's wearing the collar and that heavy shirt. He explains it's like a hair shirt, you know, this sort of penance, you know, you're wearing this as penance. And Mm -hmm. he ends up burning the collar because it's like, it's not, I'm wearing this collar, and this is my take on it. You know what? I'm wearing this collar because I'm still pretending that I'm a priest and I'm not. And I'm just going to burn this. This is ridiculous. 
Yeah. And, you know, he realizes there is no absolution for what he did. You know, there is no redemption from that. Right. And I think that, you know, um, plus I think think he was losing hope uh, that, that, that there is a God out there, especially... You know, given their situation, I mean, no food, no water. Right. And then I think we, after it starts raining, I think it sort of yeah. gave him hope. But it's also, I think the rain represented sort of like a cleansing almost, you know. It, it, it reinvigorates everything, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, all, everything, animals. Trees, as rain does. Yeah, yeah, as rain so, does. I mean, rain, yeah. rain is the ultimate symbol of purification. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's metaphors all through the Bible of um, rain, water as a way to purify. Um, And it's the only, you know, it's the only thing that can purify something. Um, Exactly. And I think they needed that. You know, they were really, I think the whole group, and I love that they're all together. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm so happy that they're not separated. I mean, most of the seasons... Most of them in the last couple of years, yeah. they've been sort of all separated, but going to the same. So I, it's nice to see them all together. And I think, too, it's good because I think if they were separated, maybe they wouldn't be as, you know, they're stronger together than apart, obviously. And um, I'm, I'm anxious to see where this is going to go, though. I'm, I mean, Greg Nicotero um, on The Talking Dead last week said, that they're going to go through a hell of a lot more. Like, like yeah. this isn't anything. And right. I'm just, and I'm a little nervous. <laughs> right. And Robert Kirkman said too that that um, they're going to be going through a lot more. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't know, but um, uh, I don't know. I'm just dying to know who this guy is. I can't figure it out for the life of me who he, who he could possibly be. But how does he know Rick? And, you know, yeah. they've only gone, I think, what, they've only gone, like, what, 500 miles or 100 miles? or what, but In six weeks. Gone, like, right, yeah, in six, six weeks. weeks. So, so how would they even, but how would this guy know Rick? I mean. So, I mean, it's possible <laughs> that he's been following them for a while. Right. I'm wondering, so, so this is the thing with all the sort of hope metaphors and biblical, you know, m- my, you know, small miracles sort of metaphors running throughout the episode. Um, I wonder if he, in a way, is kind of like their guardian angel, except they don't know right. it yet. So, um, it, especially appearing like as as Maggie and Sasha watch the sunset, and he appears, and the music box starts working again. Right. I mean, that's kind of an obvious metaphor, but, right, right. Um, you know, but, but it's, but they do obvious metaphors. I mean, they, you know, they can be obvious about stuff on that show. So I'm wondering if he is part of a, a group, maybe a safe place, and they've been kind of observing them to see if they're worthwhile to approach and invite them to join. Okay. I don't know if I like that scenario, though. Because who are they? We don't know who they are. Well, the other thing is I'm wondering, does he have something to do with Morgan? Now, where the hell is Morgan? Supposedly, Ethan, he made it to the church last week. Right. Where they were. Maybe Morgan sent him. Oh, I wonder if Morgan sent him. That's what I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking that there's got to be a connection, because otherwise the guy wouldn't know who Rick is. I mean, That's Morgan true. knows him. And yeah. We seen so Morgan, Morgan. But we know that he's been tracking him. Yeah, so that's what my theory is, the possibility. Could be. Could very well that, be. That, you know, it would be awesome if that was the case. I mean, I've been dying. They, they've teased us with, what, maybe three very small clips of Morgan, and that's it. I'm like, well, where the hell is he? Like, he hasn't approached them, and he knows where they are. He's been tracking them this mm-hmm. whole time. So it's just kind of strange that he hasn't approached them. And, okay, maybe you could say, well, maybe he's, you know, kind of mental or whatever. I don't think he is anymore. I think that he's – maybe he wants – maybe he – I don't know. Maybe he started his own group, and maybe that – maybe sent that back. But why he wouldn't, like, approach 
approach Rick himself makes no sense either because I mean they know each other. I think he knows Morgan versus mm-hmm. the stranger. But it makes more sense that maybe that's how the stranger knows of Rick because Morgan told him about it about him. Possibly. Right. Possibly. I mean that's the only that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. That's true. Now, interestingly enough, um, I want to switch gears, talk a little bit about Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. Um, Once Upon a Time. So the next episode is on March 1st. It returns. Okay. Okay. Have you seen any of the images? I think I'm going to do a thing on images for the next I haven't. So the... the, I can't even remember. Set photos. I have set photos and I have behind-the-scenes photos. Um, So the episodic photos. So there's picture of Cruella, and Mm -hmm. there's, um, it's called Darkness on the Edge of Town. With gold banished from Mm -hmm. the the residents of Mm -hmm. Storybrooke attempt to resume their lives. Hook and Bell search for a way to release the fairies from the sorcerer's hat. While Emma, Henry, and Regina continue to look for clues that could lead them to the author. But when a terrifying darkness descends on the town, Emma and Regina are forced to confront the true nature of evil. Meanwhile, in New York, Gold and Ursula enlist Cruella DeVille to join their cause on Once Upon a Time. Mm. So there are pictures of, of Emma. There's pictures of Emma and Hook. Many pictures. There's three pictures yeah, of Emma. Of course. Several pictures of Emma and Hook. There's pictures of Regina and Henry, presumably thinking about the author. There's the scenic grannies. <clears throat> but in the and then you've got a, a picture of uh Cruella and a picture of um of gold. Mm-hmm. Um and uh oh, I have to change my password. Ah. I'll do that another time. Um, there's a picture of gold and he's pretty bedraggled looking and uh-huh. all that. And then I've got the behind the scenes photos, um, which show Cruella and Maleficent and Ursula in costume, in their mm-hmm. you know character costumes, with Rumple in his mm-hmm. robes, his red robes. Um, so interestingly enough, not sure where that what that's go, what's going on with that. So I'm probably gonna do like a preview article of uh of it. I'm hoping that ABC will post a screener sometime in the next week or so. Right. And I am gonna take a stab at writing about once upon a time again, folks. So Yay. <laughs> Sunday night well, will be you know- a busy night. You know, my whole thing is, so, obviously, I mean, I'm guessing that Gold and Cruella and Melissa Finch and Ursula are going to be the big bads now, and (laughs) I don't quite understand where they're going with all this in the sense of, you know, I mean, Gold just lost everything. What is his purpose for for returning to, to Storybrooke, A? Um, mm-hmm. And B, I mean, you know, Belle isn't going to take him back after, you know, everything that happened. So it's not like they can integrate him back in um, in some redeemable fashion. So the question becomes then, is it going to be, you know, each chapter is going to be another you know, crazy whatever against the citizens of Storybrook now, uh, for Rumpel. You know? Mm-hmm. Could it be Rumpel against everybody? That's what I'm you know, wondering like what's the formula gonna be 'cause you know yeah. the way they have it set up right now and, and you know, honestly, I mean I'm anxious to see. I really am hoping that we see more of charming and snow. Um I you know, they were supposed to be from the from the very beginning, front and center. While you know me, I mean I like Hook and Emma, but I mean I mean it's supposed to be charming and snow. As the center, I think, of the show and everybody else 
to be revolving around them. Yeah, but see, the and problem yet, is they're, like, really boring. Well, I know, because they haven't written for them. And so I'm hoping no. that they're going to write for them this season. Like, I really hope yeah. that, that they start, yeah. you know, giving them something. And, and I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Henry this season, because he's growing up. And yes, he is. It's going to be, you know, and it would be kind of interesting, actually. I mean, if they did have Gold come back and try to try to kind of manipulate him, like I really kind of was looking forward to that that aspect of him being the apprentice and you know, yeah. Gold kind of trying to manipulate him and and teach him magic, and then you know, as a teenager, you could have Henry really kind of start being out of control. And, you know, I mean, that right. might be a very interesting way to go. But they're go. not going to go not, there. But they're not going maybe there. Not, maybe not this not this part of the thing, but maybe I'm talking about maybe next season, you know, they can do something with it. But there's a lot of things that they could do, and I, I don't quite understand what they're doing. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful. I mean, I'll watch it, and I will, you know, still, I'm still interested to see what they're going to do. It's just a bummer that, you know, Gold is, you know, Rumple is Rumple now. <laughs> Rumpel yeah, but I want, I still now. want, I still want his his inner conflict. I, I will not be happy till I see his inner conflict again. Yeah, me too. So moving to another topic. Um, so the yes. Oscars are coming up this weekend. Yay! Yes. Or Monday, Monday, it's Monday. Monday, I think it is, right? Monday, Monday. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, right. Sunday. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, and I've I haven't seen all the movies yet. I'm getting there. I'm hoping to see them all by uh, the time the Oscars. We saw uh the imitation game yesterday. Oh, was that good? I oh, I it's on my so list. Oh my gosh. Really? Okay, so so you all know and I've said this many times, I'm not a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. Mm-hmm. But I really, really loved him in this. I thought he was great. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought the movie was phenomenal. And I've seen the um, the Budapest, Budapest Hotel, which is great. It is so that cool that a comedy. Really it's great I that a comedy. I mean, it's a comedy. That a comedy was yeah. nominated. Um, yeah. and, and Ray Fine, I have to say, Ray, Ray Fine awesome. was hysterical. Hysterical. You it's never great. see him. You never ever see him in in comedy, comedy roles. Like that. Yeah. And yeah. he's always either um, a villain or uh, a very serious hero. And you rarely see him in a you know in in a light role. And he was great. I just thought I just loved him in this. And Edward Norton was in it, and um, what a great cast. What a great, great cast. Yep. I, um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I have to see Birdman. I haven't seen that yet. I'm going to see it over the weekend. Uh, I, I still have I some more to see. see. Uh, the Theory of Everything I have to see. Um, but speaking of movies, I was really excited, and I told you a little bit about this earlier this week, to see... Mm. That my very, 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 very first television obsession, when I was like eight years old, um, is being made into a movie. And when I mentioned the name of the the show, you had not ever heard of it. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I'm talking about the man from UNCLE, the man from UNCLE, the United Network Command for Law and Enforcement, which starred. Robert Vaughn, who's kind of sort of slipped into obscurity um, in a lot of ways. Um, although he, you know, for him, acting was not the only thing. He was also, he, after The Man from Uncle was over, he went and got himself a PhD in political science and worked in politics for a, a long time. Um, and David McCallum. And David McCallum still has a thriving career. Um, of course, he stars in NCIS. Right. He plays Ducky. (laughs) So he was also David McCallum. David McCallum and Ilya Kuryakin, the Russian spy, was also my first Scottish crush. (laughs) The first of many (laughs) Scottish crushes. Oh, my goodness. Something about those Scots. Um, 
But you would die laughing if, if I told you my my first crush. Yeah, who was yours? You want to know? My first crush was uh, John Schneider from Beat the Hazard. You told me that. <laughs> yeah, you told me that. I know. I love it. Anyway, he was adorable. That's He's cool. Handsome. But anyway, that's okay. I won't hold it against you. <laughs> so, eight year old girl crush. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, we all had them, right? Mine was just. Yep. A little bit earlier than yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, so it's being made into a movie. Uh, it's directed by Guy Ritchie. The first trailer oh, okay. has come out. I'm writing an article about it. It's a two and a half minute trailer, theatrical trailer. Um, and uh, it's being pl- uh, um, starring Henry Cavill, who I absolutely I love Henry Cavill. I love him. I thought he was the best thing about the Tudors. Um, and then he played Superman. And my um, my uh, his, his value, in my opinion, went considerably down. Um, yeah. Because and it wasn't his fault. It just was. Awful. No, it's, I, it's just and not only that, but you know, they just completely changed the entire lore from fifty years, they of did. years of Superman. Yes, and I'm just like, what the hell was that? And, and who decided that was a good idea? And who green-lighted that? They need to be shot. I'm sorry. And, and, and <laughs> not only, not, you know, I like Henry Cavill, and I also love Russell Crowe. So, yeah, you know, and both of them were in the movie, and I, I was, was like, I, I really hated this movie. I really I mean, hated it. I was good. But, you know, I, for me, I mean, and always will be forever for me, I mean, Marlon Brando, I absolutely loved Superman Returns because I felt like, they honored what they had done in the first yeah. two films, A, and B, they kept Marlon Brando in it, which is which was, yeah. which was appropriate. Oh, and, I loved uh, all of those Superman movies. I thought those were great. All, all three movies, all Superman. four movies. Uh, four movies? Three, four movies. There were uh, four of them. Four of them. And I really loved especially the first two, but I oh. liked the first three for sure. So, you know, I really liked them. But, so Henry Cavill and Army Hammer is uh, playing Ilya Kuryakin. But I have to say, watching the um, – and I was not a Napoleon Solo. Napoleon Solo played the suave American spy who got all the girls, and he was, like, really super strong. And he was smart, but he was, like, right. you know, kind of, like, all about the James Bond thing. And Ilya Kuryakin was this Russian spy, very intense, um, wore black turtleneck sweaters and jeans and lived in Greenwich Village and uh, listened to jazz. And it was like, he was so cool. And um, and he was real intense and he was really, you know, real angsty. And, you know, he was always getting captured and he was always getting injured. And he was uh, like, oh, yeah. So my friend's dad used to like constantly tease me. You know, he'd see me coming into a room and he'd go, Ilya! And I was like, oh. And I, I actually, I'm still Facebook friends with her, her, my friend, who she and I used to, like, play Man from Uncle in her basement. Mm-hmm. It was hysterical. Um, and um, so I posted it on her Facebook today that the, that the movie was coming out. She was like, yay! So that's good. We have to see it together, of course, because we saw every James Bond movie together when we were little kids, all the Connery ones. Um, and even some of the, um, yeah, all the Connery ones and even some of the, the um, Roger Moore ones, except I hated Roger Moore as James Bond. So I stopped watching them. Um and didn't watch another Bond movie until 1987 when Timothy Dalton became Bond. Oh, see, um, no, I, like, I like Pierce Brosnan. He, he was fabulous as a Bond. I love him. You know what? So, you know, you know me. You know me and my penchant for yeah. kind of the broody, moody guys, right? So yeah. when Ian Fleming wrote his James Bond books, um he had in mind this really brooding, cynical, you know, fine if I die tomorrow, it's okay kind of attitude guy. Real intense. Uh-huh. Um, and and wounded and really, you know, torn apart kind of guy. Very 
dark. And when Dalton took on the role, and I had, like, stolen all my brother's James Bond books when I was little, and I read them all when I was, like, 10. And, mm-hmm. um, but to me, Timothy Dalton did the best job, besides Sean Connery, did the best job of recreating Fleming's Bond. So I just thought that Pierce Brosnan was a little too... I like Daniel Craig, um, and he kind of harkens back to the James... He kind of harkens back to the Timothy Dalton Bond. Um, But I really... Yeah, so I I really... And it actually opened me up to all of Dalton's other work, which was kind of fun, because I really um, was like, wow... He's this major league Shakespearean actor, and he's played Romeo, and he's played Julius Caesar, and he's played Antony, and he's played Hamlet, and he's, you know, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Um, so, um, but anyway, so so the Man from Uncle movie is coming out August 15th, and, um, but getting back to, to what I was saying is that um, taking, you know, kind of watching the trailer, I was like, huh, I kind of like this Napoleon solo. So they've changed him around a little bit. He's much more intense looking, and uh, Ilya's not in it too much. So I have to, I'm I'm curious as to see what they're going to do with this with his with his character. But it's almost like it's the or, from what I understand, it's the origin story of it. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's like their first meeting, and it's set in 1963. So it's set in the Cold War um, in the year before the TV series. Started, which I think was 1963. I think it came on the air, 64. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's kind of be a period piece that's set during the Cold War. And, you know, how do, you know, because the whole premise in 1964, having a TV series that was about a Russian and an American spy working together with a British mm-hmm. boss in New York mm-hmm. was like so odd because like, what? <laughs> Russian spies? <laughs> working with and it was like so odd and they never really explained how they came to work together and how the Russians and the Americans came to work together. It's a very idealistic show in a very dark time that I don't remember much of because I was kind of little. Um, but so this is kind of their origin story. So I'm really, that, that'll be a lot of fun. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. I'm going to follow it and follow it and follow it and um, I'm really, really excited to see that. That's like way high on my list, um, and I hope cool. they do a thing. I hope they do a thing at Comic Con on it. That would be awesome. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really I do awesome. Of Comic Con, I'm anxious. We're gonna. They sent me something in the an email for. Oh yeah, I, the tickets right what is announcing that? announcing that announcing the tickets were going to be available and you call this on the state and I can't remember but the I don't date. Have to do but you don't no 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 you don't have to you do not have to you're not even eligible okay. to get a ticket. So oh, okay. um because you're pressed because, because yeah. you're you're not even eligible. I don't think you're even eligible to get tickets. So the tickets sell out in 90 seconds. I mean, yeah. they really do. They sell. So if anyone's listening, go on comiccon.org. Comic dash con dot org and seventh um, at nine AM Pacific right. Standard Time is when it's gonna go on sale. So Right. Like and I wanna close tonight, out. um and, and my dear friend um niece who sent me the information doesn't know that I'm doing this. But there for those of you who are Star Trek fans, um there's an auction house in LA called Propworks and they do uh a lot of genre based auctions and they're doing a, a Star Trek collectibles and memorabilia auction starting um, on the 21st and so if you go to blog critics and you look up uh, that on, on blog critics on my author page or on the front page um, you'll find that uh, star you know uh, auction with the Star Trek fan in mind um, there are all kinds of cool things I wish I had money to bid on some of them um, like there's a Tribble, mm-hmm. like a real Tribble. I don't know what that is. You don't know what a Tribble is. Oh, did you? No, did you not? I'm sorry. Did you not walk? So, all right, Chrissy's homework assignment for this week. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is it? A tri- so you're familiar with Star Trek, right? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I know what Star Trek is. I mean, I think, yeah, I saw the two, I saw the first three movies. Okay. So there was an original series called Star Trek that debuted yes. in 1966. And right. in, I think it may have been the third season, second season. It was only on for like two and a half seasons. Um, there was an episode called The Trouble with Tribbles. And mm-hmm. you should go go on Netflix, get that okay. episode. You don't have to watch any other episodes. Okay. Watch that episode, and I guarantee you, you will get hooked on the series. All right. It, it's All like, right. I... When that episode was over, my sister and I, my mother helped us write in an, a letter to the producers of Star Trek saying we wanted one. <laughs> we wanted. So I've okay, always well, wanted, but, but these tribbles are from these tribbles are from um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, not from um, the original series. But you can get a phaser. You can get one of. Um, from Star Trek Next Generation, you can get one of Wesley Crusher's uniforms. You can get uh, Worf's uniform or, a, you know, a, a, a Klingon uniform. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool stuff. So there's an actual original series phaser. Um, so there's all kinds of cool stuff. So go to um, blogcritics.org, look up the article, or if you want, just go to PropWorks, P-R-O-P-W-R, sorry, P-R-O-P-W-O-R-X dot com. And take a look and see what they have. It's it's a completely online auction, and it's the first of three Star Trek auctions they will be having over the course of the next several months. So it's very cool. cool. So, yes. All right. So you have to – all right, two things. So you have to watch the episode, and it's on Netflix. So you, don't have, you don't have to pay for it. Um, the Trouble with Tribbles. And then watch – let's see – Season one of Man from Uncle, there are two episodes. One is called, um, oh gosh, one is called, um, they were all called The Affair, you know, so like the blah, blah, blah affair. So I think it's called the the, uh, Quadripartite Affair and the Guacopiano Affair. There were two, they were, it's like almost, they weren't aired back to back. But they uh, aired close together. They're black and white. It's like before color. Well, before that show went color on NBC. Both shows were NBC shows. Um, uh-huh. But it start. But in that episode was um, Jill Ireland is the actress. She used to be married to Charles Bronson. Um, oh really? But, yeah, but she was first married to David McCallum. So at the time, she was his wife. So she was. She's in the show, and it, it's it's really it's it's one of it's extremely well written. It's very cleverly done, and it really plays off the idea that Napoleon isn't as attractive as he thinks he he would like to think he is. <laughs> right. And there's an actual case. So um, it's 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 very lovely, and and they're two of my favorite episodes from season one. They they are the episodes that got me hooked on that show. Um, so those are your two assignments for this week, Chrissy. I will remind you that you need to do that. Um, and I don't know if the man from uncle is on Netflix or not. I don't think it is, but it's, I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon prime though. And you, you can find them on YouTube. I have Amazon. It might be Amazon prime. It might be an Amazon prime. Um, and, and you could find them on YouTube too. So, um, but definitely check those out. Uh, if you want to have a flavor for what the man from uncle is, and if you can imagine Henry Cavill and Army Hammer in the two main roles. So it'd be kind of cool. Anyway, we are out of time. Jimmy will be back next week. Jimmy will be back next week and join us. Talk more about the walking dead. We'll maybe preview, um, Oh, yeah, we'll probably preview uh, Once Upon a Time because it'll be coming back the following Sunday. So we'll talk about Once Upon a Time. We'll talk about uh, The Walking Dead. We'll talk about Black Sails. We'll talk about Sleepy Hollow finale, right, because that's going to air next week or no? It won't air next week because it's the Oscar. No. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, So maybe you'll preview that for us a little bit. And uh, we'll have lots to talk about. Okay. Sounds good. 
Well, have a great week and talk to you later. Yes. You too. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>